Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Well, only champions make it to 50. We raise the bat. This is episode half century number 50, and we're very, very proud of it. And the good news is, punters, we are going strong and stronger every single week we back up on this podcast, the great podcast that is the green light on Premier Racing with James Vandermarten this week. As always, Jason Adams is on the line to co-host and race. And, Jace, we missed you last week, mate. It was a tough night on the punt as well. Yeah, it was a tough night, Jim, to uh, find all the winners, but I'm sure we can bounce back nice and strong and big week in racing, isn't it? Of course, the maturity this Saturday in the Meadows is going to be great, uh, but certainly uh, wet our appetite, a good city meeting at Sandown Thursday. It's a perfect little segue, mate, just to tease uh, episode 51, which will be massive on the maturity Saturday night. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. That'll be dropping Wednesday afternoon. There'll be a phantom call of the last 10 maturity winners. I'll be doing that, so find out who I think was the, the best maturity winner in the last 10 years. We're going to have Molly Haynes, Corey Smith, the whole crew on for uh, what is going to be a big episode as we delve into that Group 1 meeting with the maturity on Saturday night. But back to sand down as you said big meeting coming up mate you have uh, a little bit of time off i hear from uh, from the catching pen at the moment you're the star of that show in sydney and you've got a month off yeah i've had the feed up for bloody three weeks i think it's been oh. and now the the show goes into hiatus for a month so yeah tuesday afternoons it's um nice to take a breath jim and um yeah just relax a little bit but uh, looking forward to be back it's a bit of a shame though of course with the big racing this week and, and so much happening around the country as always well, good news, mate. The punters can get their Jason Adams fix on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Run of the week. Run of the week time. Now, it's pretty rare on uh, run of the week that I like to go with uh, two greyhounds from the one race, but that is exactly the case from last week. Now, before I mention these two, just want to give a, a little mention to Moraine Susie, who I thought was very impressive in race five, running home in, in very good time, around the 10.70 mark over the 600 probably signifying that it will run 700 as we see this week. Back to run of the week. Now, two greyhounds I picked out of race number six, Radek Bale and Hummick. I thought Hummick was an absolute moral beat, and this is a greyhound you need to black book immediately. And Radek Bale, well, he's doing what Radek Bale does. He was so unlucky, but he powered home late. Have a listen to the way the race played out. The race eventually was won by commission. Racing. Good speed initially on the inside from Commission is going to drive through and keep the lead. On the inside was West Star Aileen. Further out in the track was wiped to tears with on the off. A hilltop Jack couldn't get across. Got checked back to second last with Radic Bale. And Hummock is back on the inside. Commission is the leader down the back. Out by two. Here comes Zivon Bale with the run. Gets up to second. Third West Star Aileen. Hummock is motoring up behind them. Just needs some clear air and they're clear from the rest. Leader Commission on its homer was Zivon Bale. Still Commission all the way. Commission beats Zivon Bale and Hummock. They both had their chance. Third in West Star Aileen from Radic Bale. Then came Can one. have a chat with Dan Hibbert. He reckons Hummock had his chance there. Come on, Dan. He clipped over heels on the corner. It was a big, big running defeat. And the good news is, Jace, we're going to have a brand new segment in the upcoming weeks with our man Dan Hibbert. And we'll be able to break down some races and have a chat about Hummock moving forward. Yeah, and he was luckless. I mean, look, him, along with Radek, you mentioned, Radek had a shocker. And Hummock, since he stepped up to 600 metres, good decision by the great man, Clint Capuano, has been good. And 
Both have been good runs last week, Jim, so um, I'm sure they'll be backing it up sooner or later. My black book's getting bigger, but those two are right at the top of it, especially Hummick. I can't wait to see this greyhound step up over 700 metres and, and probably be a front-running type as well. Thursday's preview. Thursday preview time, Sandown Park, 12 races, first at two past six. I'm keen, that's why I'm uh, jumping ahead of the stinger there, race and jace, 12 races. Let's begin with the first event, it's where you always start. I want to go with number two here, Rowdy Burbsky, trained by Jake Laverzo, who is going to be our special guest on the podcast. He's taking a moment out of his day to uh, to chat about Rowdy Burbsky, so stay tuned for that. I'm going to back him in race one, number two, each way. Yeah, looking forward to hear from Jakey. I'm with number eight here, Whizbang Betty. I thought she was great on her Sandown debut, and it's more in the tank, so I'll be with her. Race number two. I'm with number three here, Mahjong Bailey. Speaking of big runs last week, they don't get much bigger than this. Uh, he was something beat from box number three. Yes, he wants to shift up the track early, but if he gets the right run at them with the pace in one and two, I think he's one of the better each-way bets of the night. Big run it was. I'll be with number seven, Boom Burst. I thought there was limited early pace to the outside part of his field and went 5-10 in his last start of the meadow. So has a bit of toe. So I'm with him. Race three, mix six and seven final. This uh, star youngster ride the thunder went up to uh, to Queensland. Pre- performed really well up there as well. Then back to Sandown and goes 29-31 uh, at the headquarters debut for Desi Douch. He looks to have a good one here. Close watch, though, on If You Say and Let Them Talk. I think they're two greyhounds moving forward to keep a close eye on as well. Number four, ride the thunder for me. And a really... Big test for a young dog to start his career in Victoria, go up to Brisbane for a couple of runs and come back and perform the way he has. So I don't see that stopping. So number four, ride the thunder. I think he handled it well too. His weight was only roughly not even half a kilo deviance between those runs in in Melbourne before going to Brisbane and then back to Melbourne. So he seems to be a, a really capable type on the up. Race four on with one extreme duel. A little bit disappointing early last week. Just showed no early speed. The two's going to lead Vladimir. So if Extreme Jewel can punch through to second, I think it'll be game, set, match from there. I think it's all in her hands as well. Yeah. And you're right. Just that first split wasn't what we saw in the past couple of runs. So box one hopefully helps uh, her get out. And we know how good she can be. Race five, Osprey Phantom for me. Stepping up to the 595. The key will be getting out in front and controlling this from the get-go. I wanted a swooper, and I think that's number seven, Winnington yeah. Bale. It was pretty good recently and loved the decision to step him up in distance, so I think he'll be charging. Yeah, he was very stiff last week as well. Race six on with Zara's Ivan here. It's a, a tip-top free-for-all, only seven in the race, but uh, outstanding depth. I'm going to go with the, the good draw of Zara's Ivan. It's a cracker, this. I think he can settle on the back of McInerney from the red, and I think it'll be too good in the end, so I agree with you. Race seven. Now, this is a grade four in town. Probably not the strongest grade four, obviously, with the the, the high-graded or high-ranked grade fours going into the free-for-all, so not the the strongest fourth-grade race you'll see. I'm with Call Me Buster. Uh, I just think he's going to be really strong. He's going to need luck getting into the right place, but the leader of the event is Tinsley Bale, and she just struggles to run out 500, so it's about finding the dog who's going to be finishing off, and I think It'll be Call Me Buster. Exactly right. And I think, well, my one's number seven, Indy Fido. And I just, he's one that needs to get into the race. Like you're saying, we Call Me Buster. I just think with no pace that he's inside and out uh, in boxes six and eight, he can balance up early and get moving. So I'll be with him. Sick watch last week for the Punters Club was Mapunga Warrior. Uh, the field was decimated by scratchings. We did the podcast early in the week. He went around at a dollar ten. You don't have to be Einstein to work out. We probably wouldn't have done the the bet we did earlier in the week, and, and he gets rolled in such a luckless fashion. But 
I think he has to bounce back here from box one. He's much, much better drawn. Oh, it was a sick watch, wasn't it? I'm sure <laughs> Jeff Britton was thrilled with that as well. But um, that every chance here from the red. And, look, he doesn't seem as strikers as a genuine 700-metre type. He looks to be better than these. So I'll be with the Warrior. Keep an eye on Moraine Susie. I think she's going to be a nice stayer on the up, uh, really putting it together. Race nine, this is my best bet of the night. Number two, Radek Bale. Yeah, he's going to need luck. Yeah, he's going to be a hard watch. But if he gets the run at the right time, he's just been threatening week in, week out. And I think he can get close enough to them. And with a touch of luck, Chase, Radek Bale storms home to victory. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. But look, I liked him last week. And he can be frustrating at times, I know. But that lead-up to that run, his run-home times finishing mm. off over 500 metres were enormous. So... Yeah, inside draw. I mean, we know he wants to get wide, but he's a pretty handy talent, so I'm with him as well. If he didn't get wide at all and he railed well, this dog, he would win group races, no problem at all. I think a bit like, remember Leo's gift? He used to get wide yeah. and still run 29.40 or so, so much the same. Leo's gift, there you go. There's a flashback. Race 10, do it. Box number three, moral beaten last week. Should be very hard to beat here. Yeah, he's usually racing in much better fields than, than what he finds himself here. Not that this is a bad race at all, um, but we know he just about finds himself in free throws week in, week out, inside draw, big tick, so I'm going to do it too. Race 11, greatest race name in the history of Sandown Park, the Green Light on podcast. Uh, I'm going to go here. Oh, look, I was tossing up between Brother Bearing, who I think's better drawn than Propelled, but um, oh, do I lean to Propelled? Yeah, I do. Number six, Propelled. He was big at Terrelgan last time, and I find it hard to split him and Brother Bearing. Yeah, I went the other way. I went Brother Bearing mm. on top. Just sort of the race is probably a little bit easier than what his recent assignments at Sandown have been. So I went with him. Race 12, I'm not having a win bet here, Jace. I'm just going to tip number three to fill a place. There's only won six out of 131 a fair bit, but has amassed, what is it, 44 minor placings, nearly 50,000 in prize money. So at an each way price, mainly a place, I'm going to have a small wager on a fair bit to run a drum. Always going around at a massive price. I had no yeah. idea where to look here. So I just went with the pace of your type of one of them in number seven, Rockabye Bear. Hunters Punting Club. Well, this segment, Jace, is falling apart quickly. Uh, the Punters Punting Club. I, oh, none of us are in front. Let me tell you, I'm not even going to mention the spreadsheet because as soon as I've started taking tallies at the Punters Punting Club, we've had no luck whatsoever. But I'm going to go 25 each way, Radek. Bale, who do you think uh, is the way to play well, the Hunters Club on? I'm in the same camp, Jim, but I'm going to be a bit more aggressive here. 50 on the nose. Oh, really? Two, Radek Bale. Make or break, I reckon, for him with me. I've liked him for a long time, but if we get stitched up here, he, he might be in my reserves. Oh, I, I think you, the segment might be in the reserves as well. Jim, oh, it's done look, well in the last 50 episodes. So. I tell you what, if, if we fail over the next few weeks, this segment, unless the punters and the viewers and the listeners want it, um, we might have to move it, get rid of it with that great uh, intro and replace mm. it with the Dan Hibbard uh, segment. So, look, this could be the last legs of uh, the Punters Punning Club on the podcast. Yeah, form's on the board, Jim. So, pressure on Radek and also uh, the great man, Tom Daly. Let's do it, mate. Uh, who wins the maturity as I let you go Saturday night? Wow, she's fast. She is just extraordinary, isn't she? Oh, she's a superstar. And, I mean, if there's anything you're going to knock on her, it's probably the way she begins in the first 10 metres or so, but... She's got the red. That's just about eliminated. She's one of the fastest in the country and really hard to take her on, isn't it? I agree, mate. She just wins. Good luck. Uh, happy putting this week. Cheers, Jim. Enjoy. Inside Info.
It's Inside Info time. This is a segment on the podcast that is going absolutely nowhere. It's uh, filled our pockets for the last 50 episodes on this uh, celebration episode, the 50th birthday of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. And we've got uh, Jakey Laverso on the line, the trainer of Rowdy Burbsky. And Jakey, you're on your way home from Ballarat, mate, trialling. The workers are trained and never stops. No, never stops. How about this boy, Rowdy Burbsky, drawn box number two at Sandown Park. Uh, look, the way I look at the form, here's what I thought, Jakey. I've gone through, yep. started off at Warrigal, went well. Uh, Ballarat hit the line really hard. Went to Warrigal, finished second, hit the line hard. Bolts in a tier three, should have been a dollar ten. won that by three. And then you've given it a little spell of about a month and a half. And to start in town on a Thursday night over 500 metres, the furthest he's gone, he's given the indication he'll run that and he's bred to run that. But that tells me he's doing something on the trial track. Yeah, he's trialling superb at the moment and he's going really nice. So thought I'd give him a go. How do, you, how do you see the race playing out? Because you've got Aston Miles in one leading. Are you hoping that you can just tuck in behind the speed? Yeah, it can be a bit touch and miss out of the boxes, so just hoping that he can get a right spot at the first turn and hopefully run a good race. Was there any reason for the, the break in, in racing after his nice win at Warrigal back on the 26th of May? Well, he's nominated for Ballarat, and about the day beforehand, me and Kayla went to Adelaide and raced at Starlight Tyson. Dave called me that morning and said, uh, Jake, your dog's a bit crook, so I just decided to pull the pin and give him a couple of weeks off, look after him and bring him back now. Now, you're training this one for the Lynn Davidson Syndicate, Rossi, we had on the podcast not too long ago, actually, and, and they've had great success in, in their time in Greyhound Racing. You obviously came to know them when you were working for Team Daily. Yeah, me and Ross, we got a good friendship, and Jason, um, I was pretty close to them when we had Sunset Borbsky and Borbsky Fever and all that sort of jazz, so we stay in touch, and I've helped Ross out with this dog, so he said, would you mind training for me? So I said, yeah, I'll give him a go. Well, mate, he's, he's looking pretty promising at this point in time. And, and speaking of your past in Greyhound Racing, is there, has there been one race that you've been a part of as a handler? I know you've been involved in, in so many big ones, but was there one race that, that was oh so special and, and one that stands out in your memory bank? Uh, it was probably Lucy's Milo in the Speedstar Series. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, we just picked Feral Frankie on the line, which was, <laughs> it was pretty nice to do, but, yeah... Other than that, we've had the likes of Fernando Bale, Donald Dubwine and all that sort of jazz. So, And when you say all that all that jazz, Fernando Bale, mate, you, you've, you've been in contact, you've worked with the greatest greyhound, you know, known in greyhound racing probably of all time. What what was it like and what was he like as a greyhound? Well, it was really when I first just started dog, so I didn't really know how special he was until I went and watched a couple of his races. And he, would, he just put him apart. He was just a completely different animal to what, all the other greyhounds were, and was there something that that stood out that, that made him so special? Like was he was he any different at home, or was he the same as the others? But he just he just knew how to race. He was just like a normal dog at home. You just work him, feed him, and all that, and they'd have a bit of a bark every now and again. But as soon as he went to the track, he just turned into a complete professional. And and another thing that I know a lot of people were saying that um, Fernando Bale was a was a sound chaser. So what he'd do is he'd get in the box and he'd listen closely for the lure. And when the lure was close, he'd time the start effectively before the boxes had even opened. Do you think that was something he used to do? Yeah. Just you could see, just as the lures, as the boxes went open, you could just see he was right there at the right time, perfect. And as soon as the lids opened, he'd just always come out underneath them. 
Well, mate, uh, the dream I think for everybody is to get a Fernando Bale in the kennel. What's what's the dream for you? Do you want to do you want to win a Melbourne Cup, a million dollar chase? Is there one race that stands out? Maybe a speed star. What 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 is it that you're, you're chasing at the moment? The dream really is a Melbourne Cup. It's always a Melbourne Cup, even though you got the million dollar chase now. But the Melbourne Cup is just always the one. And mate, your your involvement in racing. Can you tell us where it all began? I began at the dailies probably about seven and a half years ago. I never, I've never seen a ground before I stepped on the property. Fair dinkum. And now you're, now you're hooked, and and you might have a winner at Sandown Park on Thursday night. So we wish you well. Good luck with uh, with Rowdy Burbsky. I think you've given it a good enough push. As I let you go, mate, are you going to tip the punters on the each way into your boy? I would tip them on the each way. Yeah, good on you, Jakey. Thanks for coming on the podcast, mate, and safe travels home. Thanks, James. Well, I often sit here and try and read the special guests and and try and get a little bit of an insight as to whether or not they're overly confident in their greyhound. And it feels to me like Jakey's fairly confident of a big performance from uh, Rowdy Burbsky. The word was he's trialling superb. So gamble responsibly, punters, but I think we have an each-way play there in the uh, early race at Sandown Park. So good luck. Big episode coming up Saturday night. The maturity at the Meadows, so make sure you keep an eye out for that episode, episode number 51, to drop on Wednesday afternoon. Until next time, punters, you know the drill. Safe travelling, and as always, happy punting. <laughs>